that once sat secure in our hearts sits now in plain sight before us. Faith, though, hinges upon and is built in the unseen. Days, months, years spent turning intention into action, trading apathy for involvement. Each powerfully hidden moment woven together, bringing us to this one, where we stand and behold in reverent awe. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. From Jacksonville to Orlando and Northern Ireland to Zimbabwe, we are so grateful to be a part of a church that reaches both those down the block and halfway around the world. 2014 was an incredible year for our international locations, and we can't wait to be a part of what God's going to do next. This past year in Zimbabwe, we were able to provide God's Word to 400,000 children through our partnership with One Hope and drill five new wells that will provide clean water to 180,000 people in the surrounding community. To date, Celebration Zimbabwe has seen 475 people receive Christ. We are also so excited to share that we purchased land in Bulawayo that is the future ministry hub for our Celebration Zimbabwe campus. Looking forward to 2015, we hope to begin construction of a building on this land, as well as continue providing God's Word to more children, bring clean water to more people, and see even more come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Our Celebration Northern Ireland campus saw tremendous growth in 2014, from 40 people in 2013 to now 325 people in attendance. 81 people have made the decision to be baptized and they launched their youth ministry, which has seen 50 students attending each week. We know God has greater things in store for this campus and we look forward to continuing doing His work in Craigavon, Northern Ireland. Each year, Celebration Church also partners with missionaries in Israel to support evangelism to Jews and Arabs. One percent of our entire missions budget goes to Israel, sponsoring specific Muslim outreaches, helping with social justice causes like feeding the poor, and supporting Messianic Jews living there. In 2015, we plan to continue supporting all these initiatives and work together to bring peace and the good news of Jesus to the Holy Land. Here at Celebration, we never take for granted getting to be a part of a local church with a global mandate. And it is thanks to your generosity and faithful giving that we're able to continue reaching further than any of us could do on our own. We thank you for supporting all of these initiatives and look forward to what God's going to do in the coming year in Zimbabwe, Northern Ireland, Costa Rica, Greece, and beyond as a result of your participation in Heart for the House. Celebration. I want to welcome everyone to our experience today. I'm so glad that you are with us. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I just want to remind everyone as well, next Sunday is the big Sunday, the Heart for the House offering on December 7th. So remember, pray and ask God what you're supposed to give and bring your best one-time offering 
next Sunday on December 7th. And also, we're going to be turning in our faith estimates as to what we are believing God to give over and above our tithe in 2015. So be praying about those two things and come full of faith and expectant next Sunday. I can't wait to see you. It is going to be an awesome, awesome day. We're going to celebrate God. It's going to be good. Today we have one of our friends of the house, a very special guest, Dr. Dave Martin. Dave's been to celebration several times. He is so funny and uh, he loves you guys a lot. And so right now, church, I want you to give the best celebration welcome you can to Dr. Dave Martin. Come on, let's give it up for Dr. Dave. Good morning. Good morning. You can be seated. Good morning. Hey, if you've ever heard me before, you've said this before. If you've never heard me, this might be your first time. But I want you to say this with me. Say, the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now, I try to get people to say that as much as I can. I'll get you to say it too, because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. So I believe the rest of our life, how many believe the rest of your life could get better? Let me see your hand. I'm sure hope it gets better. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good it's going, it can get better. It doesn't matter how bad it's going, thank God it can get better. The rest of our life be the best of our life. What an honor it is, and always good to be at Celebration in Jacksonville. We go to Celebration in Orlando, our family goes uh, to church down there. How many know Pastor Josh? Woo-hoo! Pastor Josh doing an awesome job. We're having a great time down there, and he's not even been in jail at all yet since he's been there. So everything's going great. But how uh, I many had a good Thanksgiving? Good Thanksgiving. How I many ate too much? I thought about. I thought I'd done good until I put this jacket on this morning. I'm like, oh man. Like people were talking about your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm thinking I've just built a mega church over the. Over the Thanksgiving weekend, you know, I've ate so much. But uh, hey, we're going to have a great time today. If you got your Bible with you, uh, open it. I want to show you this scripture. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few scriptures, but I want to show you this one, this story in Mark. So if you got your Bible, turn to the book of Mark. And I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, just my journey, a little bit about generosity and that kind of thing, because next week we have our Heart for the House offering coming up. How many like giving? Let me see if you like if you like to give. Good, that's most everybody. Um, Most of us like to give. It's just kind of the way God made us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He was a giver. So giving's just kind of part of who we are. Most of us enjoy giving. My wife, she knows I like to give. And uh, her birthday is a few weeks ago. She goes, honey. She goes, you know, today's my birthday. I remember that morning she woke up. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. She goes, I know you like to give. She goes, I had a dream last night that you bought me a diamond necklace. I said, did you? She goes, yeah, what do you think that means? I said, I don't know, but maybe at dinner tonight you'll find out. She got all excited. So that night we went out to dinner and I gave her a gift and she was excited. She unwrapped it and it was this book on the meaning of dreams. Um, So I'm just trying to encourage her just a little bit there. But uh, generosity, you know, Pastor has been sharing with us the last few weeks about uh, the vision of the house and where we're going and heart for the house. And you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What does that mean? It means if there's not someone with a vision, with a heart. Think of how many people have gotten saved here at Celebration Church. 
here, here, or maybe over at Orange Park or St. John's. Now down in Orlando, people are getting saved. In Africa, in Ireland today, people are giving their heart to God. I mean, you think about all over the world through Celebration Church, through the vision that God's given our pastors, man, people are not perishing because where there is no vision, if there was no vision, people perish. There's a lot of churches around the world, around, and I've been in some of them, they have no vision. They're just kind of there having their, doing their little thing. But aren't you glad to be a part of a church with a great vision? Great vision for the future. Great vision for what God has in store for us. So where there is no vision, people perish. But you know, you can also just flip that really simple scripture around to say this, where there is no people, the vision will perish. Where there is no people. So where there's no vision, people perish. But where there's no people, the vision will perish. So God gives pastor this incredible vision for what he wants to do through Celebration Church here and around the world. But without us, without those of us who believe in this church, who love, how many love your church? How many love your church? Yeah, but that means you have a heart for the house because here, here's the thing, you, you give to those things that you love. The Bible says where your heart is there, your treasures. You give to the things that you love when you love your spouse you want to give to them when you love your when you're dating you know you want to give you want to do things you want to do things nice for the people that you love and when you love your church why do you have a heart for the house a lot of times i know i have a heart for the house because the house has had a heart for me the, the this house believes in you they believe in your family pastors praying for you and and believing for you and all that we do is to help you grow your family grow and to reach other people the house has a heart for you so it's easy to have a heart for the house. The next week we have an opportunity to give generously to that heart for the house and then as Pastor was saying to make our declarations of what we're believing to do uh, the year after that because how many, how many know next year in 15 we should be able to do more than we did in 14? How many believe in 15 we should be able to do more than we did in 14? It's like if you've gone to the gym all this year, next year you should be able to lift a little bit heavier weight than you did this year. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't just go in the gym and lift the same amount forever. Faith, faith is a muscle. And if you want a muscle to grow, you exercise the muscle. Giving requires faith, so giving requires a muscle. So when we give, we're exercising our muscle, basically is what we're doing. So like, um, like I go into the gym and I say, hey, you know, my goal is I want to bench press 500 pounds. So I start with where, I, where I'm at. Maybe I could do 100 pounds right now. So I start with 100. Pretty soon I got 100 down. That's pretty easy. Doesn't even take, I don't need any help. I got that pretty easy. So what am I going to do? Well, if my goal is to get to 500, at some point I got to add a little weight on the end, right? So I put some weights on the end, maybe add 20 pounds to either end or something like that. So now I'm, I'm working my way up. Then I got up to 250 and 300 and I'm just working my way up because one day I want to get to 500. And the same thing with giving. Hey, we may start with next week, your heart for the house. The, I mean, maybe $100 is the most you could do. Someone else, $500 is the most you can do. Uh, someone else, $5,000 may be the most you can do. So it won't be that we'll all give the same amount next week because if we went to the gym, we all wouldn't lift the same amount. You got to start with where you're at, right? And you start working your way up. I bench press now, I don't know, somewhere around 3.30 or 4 o'clock. <laughs> but I, I had to start working my way. It's the same with, with our, our giving. So we're working our way up, and next week we have an opportunity to use our faith. I love faith, people. I, I love, and that's what it's going to require of all of us next week, a little bit of faith. I mean, that's all pastors ask us to do. Pastors said, hey, if you love your church, if you have a heart for the house, let's pray. 
Let's just hear God, what he would have us to do. What's the best that we could do? He didn't say, hey, here's what everyone needs to do. He said, what's the best that you can do? Because like I said, your best will be different than my best. My best will be different. And then when I say, okay, I'm going to do this this year, but next year, I'm going to do this. So you always want it to be a little bit more than what you did the year before because we're just, we're working that muscle. We're working our, our faith. I had a friend who, uh, you talk about faith. He, this guy had all kind of faith. If you, if you ever want someone to pray for you, of course, you want someone that has faith, right? This guy had all the faith. I mean, he was ready. You just, he, he, I remember this one guy said, hey, could you pray for me? He goes, yeah, what do you need? He, what do you need? He goes, I need prayer for my hearing. Man, he grabbed his ears and he prayed this powerful, powerful prayer over his ears and he took his hands off and he's like, okay, how's your hearing now? And the guy said, actually, my hearing's not till next Thursday. <laughs> he had the faith. He just was, you know. But So anyway, you got to use, use some wisdom with the faith. But here, here we are, an opportunity to use our faith next week to build the house of God. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But where there are no people, the vision will perish. I remember years ago, the scripture in Ephesians 6, 8 says, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And I remember the first time I had an opportunity to do a Heart for the House offering. Some of you, this is the first opportunity you've ever had to sow generously above your normal uh, tithe or offering or normal giving, but to do something generously above that to really build the house of God. This may be your first time. I remember my first time to do something like that years ago. In this scripture, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. God spoke to me uh, that day when we, we gave, and, and here's what we gave. We gave $100. <laughs> that was, you, you might say, well, that's not a whole lot. It, it's not a whole lot today for me, but 17 years ago in a little government-assisted apartment in this little Section 8 housing that I lived in, it was a lot for me to do that. It, it took everything I had above my tithe and offering, uh, which we gave $50 a week because we made $500 a week combined, me and my wife. And then above that, we gave an offering, which uh, sometimes is $2, maybe $5. And here's this opportunity. Pastor goes, hey, we got a heart for the house. Let's, let's give. And we gave $100. It was huge at the time. But we, we started working our way up because faith is a muscle. So we worked up 100 and 200. And then I remember the first time we gave 500. That. I'll never forget that. The pastor's like, there's several people here today. I'm believing we'll give $500. He said that. I remember sitting on the second row right over there thinking, whoa. 500. I hope God speaks to them. <laughs> I didn't want to be one of them, just whoever they were. I was hoping God would talk to them. And all of a sudden, I felt like God said, you're one of them. Give 500. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I started to reach for my checkbook about the time the guy next to me said, I'm one of them. <laughs> I said, whew. I guess I overheard God talking to him, you know. <laughs> so I put my checkbook back in my pocket. My wife never says, God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? <laughs> she said, I think we're supposed to give 500. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I remember I got my checkbook out. I looked in there. I had $503. When you have 503 and God wants 500 of it, you, <laughs> you want to make sure he knows what he's doing. I remember I kind of leaned my checkbook up toward heaven so he could see how much I had. <laughs> he said he already knew how much I had. That's why he didn't ask for more. I'm writing the check, ink is smearing from the tears. People like, you shouldn't cry when you give to God. God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he also loves uncheerful givers. He loves everybody. <laughs> I tell you what, if you're happy every time you give, you don't give a lot. I tell you that. I can tell you that, right? A lot of times I hadn't been happy about it. When you have $503 and he wants 500 
Willing, okay, fine. Obedient, yes. Happy, no. No, people are like, you shouldn't cry when you give to God. I said, I'm not, I'm watering my seed. <laughs> but I can tell you the first time I gave $1,000, I can tell you the first time I gave 2500 5000 I can tell you different levels that I gave. When I stretched my faith, when I felt it was a, a stretch, it was a sacrifice. I remember our church was building a youth center. And uh, they, they were wanting to pay for it cash, three point, I think it was $3.2 million. And we're sitting there in church, and we have an opportunity like this, heart for the house. And all of a sudden, my wife leans over to me and says, hey, I, I think we're supposed to give 25000 to the youth center. I said, I don't feel that. <laughs> I felt like I, could, I was going to give 10000 to the youth center. That's what I was going to give because you know what? I, I had 10000 I had a little extra. I knew where it was, and it was going to be real easy for me to give it. It wasn't even going to hurt that bad because I had it. But here, here's the thing. God didn't want me to give what was easy. What I already had was just, oh, that's simple. I can do that. It's easy to drop in $20. It may be hard to drop in 100 It may be easy to drop in 500 but a little harder to drop in 1000 It was easy to drop in 10 at that level. But God's saying, hey, are you willing to sacrifice a little bit? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to, to, you know, he gave up a lot. He gave his only son for us. I mean, that was a pretty big sacrifice when you think about it. He was, what, good thing he didn't do what was easy. Look, give your son, you save the world. Oh, who cares about the world? That's my son. I want my boy. No, he said, you know what? I am willing to make the sacrifice. And that's what we do. We have an opportunity next week when we have heart for the house, we have an opportunity to make a sacrifice. To say, God, we believe in the future of this house. We believe in what you call. We love our church, and we're going to stretch our faith to give our very best. That's, what we, that's all we have to do. If every one of us just did our very best, I mean, it'd be great if someone gave a million dollars. We wouldn't mind that. Like, like Orange Park, uh, the property down there. Pastor was talking about the piece of property and all that, about 800000 to buy that piece of property. I mean, how many like to, hey, Pastor, put me down for uh, 100000 of that 800 I'll take, I'll, I'll take care of How many like to... How many like to be able to do? How many like to be able to do it? It's not a pledge. I'm just asking if you'd like to be able to. <laughs> people are like, is, he, is this a pledge? Was he trying to? What are they? This has nothing to do with next week. I'm just saying. How many like to be able to give like that? You'd like God to bless you so you could be a blessing. Of course, we desire. Our heart is to give. I don't know if anyone's ever given a million dollars at one time here at, at celebration. Maybe someone has, but if someone hadn't, how many like to be the first one? Hey, uh, Pastor, I'll give a million. I'll give a million. Wouldn't that be amazing? This week, the owner of the New Orleans Saints gave $11 million to the Football Hall of Fame to help them build some new stuff out there. And I'm thinking, you've got this man who's obviously got a lot of money, and he's given them $11 million. Why, why don't some believers, some, some Christ followers, some people that have a heart for the house say, you know what? I want to give like that for the building of God's kingdom. I mean, look at the vision we have all over the world that what God is doing through Celebration Church. I mean, to be the first one to give. How many like to be a millionaire or you already are? You'd like to be or you already are? Let me see your hand. Let me see. you like to be or you already are? Okay, so there's some selfish people that don't want anymore. That's fine. That would, because that would be selfish, wouldn't it? That'd be selfish to think you have enough right now that you wouldn't want anymore. Because like you said, we, well, we, well, we know we could use 800000 down just in Orange Park. And we, we've got some property and building and stuff over in Africa that's available to do right now. We, we've got uh, the, a lot of stuff for the youth. The pastor's talking about wanting to do. All these things he's talking about in the vision, it takes resources. So to think I have enough, I don't need any more. 
man, there's a lot more people I could help, a lot more I could do. It's not about me. I had a family member told me, I'm afraid if I had a million dollars, I'd be greedy. I'm like, that's because you're greedy now. Because <laughs> if you're greedy with a hundred, you'd be greedy with a million. But think if you were a giver with a hundred, what a giver you could be if you had a million. So it's not about you. See, I think God put giving in the system to cure us from greed. Because when you're a giver, it's hard to be greedy because the more God blesses you, the greater blessing you can be. I think I told you about it last time I was here about the church got a telephone call and the assistant answered the phone and the guy said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The assistant said, excuse me, do you mean the pastor? He said, yep, that's what I mean, the head hog at the trough. She goes, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. Can I help you with something? And he said, yeah, I heard about the heart for the house offering. I just wanted to make a $100,000 donation. And the assistant said, well, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. <laughs> we are blessed to be a blessing. Say, just say that with me. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, if you get that right in your heart, you'll be amazed at what God can do if you open your heart up to receive this, uh, this message just in the, in the next few minutes, because I believe God wants to bless us. I, I believe he wants to bless us in every area, but I, I mean more joy, more peace, more love in our home, all those. I think God wants to bless us more financially so that we can get the gospel out, so we can build the house of God, so that we can reach more people before his return. So if, if you love your church, then this message in the next few minutes will just be a, it'll be, it'll be good for you. When you put first the kingdom of God, then everything else gets added unto you. It's when you try to put everything else first and then hopefully the kingdom you'll do a little bit there. That's where you get things backwards and mixed up. But when the kingdom comes first, then all the other things are just added unto you. They just come to you. So God wants to bless us. In, in Mark chapter 10, verse 29 Here's this scripture in verse 29 and 30. It says, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or children or father or fields for me and the gospel. No one who gives up any of that for me or for the gospel, for the house of God, for the heart, for the house, for building God's kingdom will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age of homes and brothers and sisters and mothers along with some persecution, uh, and in the age to come, eternal life. So if you, if you look at that scripture right there, what it's saying from this scripture, we see the result of living a life that is dedicated and consecrated to God is really what this scripture is about. It's saying, hey, look, I'm willing to give up whatever I need to for the sake of the gospel. And God, I'm, I'm willing to consecrate my life to help build the kingdom of God. And when I do, he said, all these other things will be added unto you. Basically, that's what it's saying. When, I, when you talk about prosperity, I'm not talking about taking a, a principle and selfishly trying to make it work in our own personal situation, our own personal life, it, without a dedication or a commitment to God. Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't given some kind of get-rich-quick scheme here. That's not what he was doing. That's not what he was trying to do. He was teaching a way of life. It really is what he was doing. He is not referring to us giving a portion of what we have. What he was referring to was us giving ourselves, giving our, our whole lives. And money is just kind of a part of our lives because the things that we possess are a part of our lives. So that's what it's saying. It wasn't about the money. Money is a, a, a small portion. It was about giving ourselves, giving everything we had to him. Because before God will ask for your wallet or your car or your money or anything else, he wants to have your heart. He wants to have your heart. So if he can get you, if God has you, he can get anything else. Like next week's not hard. When God has you, 
It's not hard to give next week in the heart for the house because God has you. He's got everything, and you're, and you're doing what Pastor said. You're praying. You're listening. What does God want me to do? And when you're doing that, it's easy for God to kind of get, get through you. If he can get it to you, he can get it through you. Look back a couple verses. Let me show you what happened right before this incident that prompted Jesus. Like People are like, why is Jesus even talking about this? Why is he even talking to his disciples about, about this? Well, if you go back a couple of verses earlier in the same chapter, Mark chapter 10, you can read these through later. Uh, but verse number 17 through 20, it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees uh, before him, said, good teacher, he asked. He said, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not uh, give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father, the teacher, he declared, the, the guy said, look, Jesus, I've done all these things since I was a kid, since I was a boy, verse number 20. So Jesus told, the, uh, as the man told him, I, I've obeyed all your commandments since I was a, a youth, since I was just a boy. And, I, you know, I think one of the reasons he was wealthy, the Bible said he was a wealthy, rich, young ruler, one of the reasons he was wealthy was because he had followed the commands of God. He had followed the principles of God. He said, look, I've done what you said, and God blesses us when we follow his principles, when we follow the, the things in his word, and, he, and that's made him wealthy. And then verse number 21 goes on to say, Jesus looked at him and said, oh, wait, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said this, he said, one thing you lack, go Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Look, look, Jesus is implying, okay, this man's life is blessed because he's obeyed my command since he was a youth. But then he said, but but there's one thing that you lack. Now, to me, that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, if you think about it, what if Jesus showed up and was talking to you and... uh, he said, look, you're doing pretty good, you know, but, but here, there's just one thing you need to correct. How many would be happy if Jesus told you there was only one thing? Because I can think of like four right off the top of my head that I probably need to correct already. And Jesus go, look, there's just one thing. I'd, I'd be feeling pretty good about myself. There's only one thing that you need to, to correct. One thing, he said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, put your treasures in heaven and follow me. Not Many people read this and say the one thing he lacked, and this is the way I grew up. I grew up in church here in this story, and the one thing I, I got out of it was the thing that he lacked was that he had possessions. That was his one problem, that he had too much stuff, that he was too blessed, that God didn't want him to have all that stuff because money is the root of all evil, right? That's what the Bible says? No, it isn't what the Bible says. It says the love of money. Running Money's not the root of all evil. He didn't have a problem with him being blessed. He said, look, you're blessed because you follow my principles. So the problem wasn't with him being blessed. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And here, here's the thing. When, when um, it's, like I said, when you don't, when I love something, I, I, I want to give to it. But it, it, when I love money, when that becomes whatever you're willing to walk away from, you've mastered. Whatever you're unwilling to walk away from has mastered you. So here's the thing. He had an opportunity to walk away from this money, or, and he decided to hold on. He, he, well, I can't give all that up. And money, like I said, money, all money is is a tool. It's not good or evil, really. It's just a tool. It's what you use to build with. I mean, I could take a hammer. I could build a home to rescue girls from human trafficking. 
Man, that makes it a really good hammer. I could build a home, down, a, a new church building down in Orange Park on the property down there for you guys. I could do that with the hammer. It makes it a really good hammer. Same exact hammer that I do those good things with, I could use for evil. I could hit someone with it. Man, that wouldn't be very nice. Could hurt someone, kill someone with that. So the same tool can be used for good or can be used for evil. So the resources that God blesses us with, we can use it to build his house next week, hard for the house, or we can use it for our own selfish gain. Nothing's wrong with, with uh, resource. But he said, he said, wait, nowhere Jesus told him that it was wrong. He didn't want him to have anything. But Jesus did say this. God, God, what God didn't want was for him to put his trust in those things. Now, here's the thing. We don't even know from this story. God said, look, give me all your stuff. Give all your stuff. Sell it all. Give it to the poor and come with me. Come with me. Now, he could have said, okay, Jesus, no problem. I'm a, I'll be right back. I'm going to put it on Craigslist. And, uh, you know, he could have done something like that. And Jesus could have said, okay, hold on. Stop, stop. You know what? I just wanted to see if you were willing to do it. You don't have to do all that. I just want to see if you're willing to do it to follow me. It could have been like, remember in the, in the Old Testament where uh, God told Abraham, take your son Isaac, put him on the altar, sacrifice him, I want you to kill him. And so here God's got, it, uh, or uh, Abraham's got his son Isaac on the altar and he's getting ready to sacrifice him. And then God says, hold on, hold on. I just wanted to see if your, your obedience, your level of obedience to me, just bring, take him off the altar. It could have been like that same thing. It could have been like an Isaac offering. God just wanted to see where his heart was. But the guy said, no, no. But notice what Jesus told him. And here's the whole essence of what we're talking about today and really leading into next week. The whole essence was Jesus told him to go and give. That's really all he told him. He is pointing out that the man, uh, the, the, to the man that life doesn't consist of the things that we possess. Life doesn't consist of acquiring more stuff. The reason we're here, the very reason that life is in us, the very reason we can breathe this morning and that we're on the earth is that we have the ability to choose to see how much of ourselves we can give away to someone else. How much of ourselves we can give to help someone else. God created us in his image and he was a, a giver for God loved the world so much that he gave. So the scripture is Jesus expressing to the man, go and give. Go and give. Next week, we have an opportunity to, to go. We're going into all the world through the house here and to give, to give generously what God's blessed us with to help others. So I encourage you, I hope you're doing what pastor said to do. I hope you're praying. I hope you're hearing God's voice as to what he had you do because it may not be what you were planning to do. I told you I was planning to give 10,000 to help the building the new youth center, but God had a different amount. He was thinking Jesus is teaching this principle. It's the principle of life. It's the principle of a, a believer. And most of us lifted our hands and said, we love to give. We enjoy giving something we love to do. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But where there is no people, the vision will perish. So it's up to us. And I love what Pastor said there at the end. He talked about finishing strong. Finishing strong. He's been teaching us about the seed and the value of what we have over the last few weeks. But how many want to finish this year strong? How many want to finish this year strong? How many still got some things you'd like to see God do in your life, in your family, in your home this year, this year, before this year's up? This year's not over yet. So I would encourage you, as Pastor just said that, finish strong. One of the ways that we have an opportunity to finish strong is next week with that, with that offering that we bring, our heart for the house offering, because I believe how we exit one place is how we enter the next. So how we exit 2014, even with our generosity. If I, if I exit this year generous, 
I move into next year with greater blessings so that I can be even more generous next year. I'm gonna finish strong in my giving. And then I would encourage you, like I told you uh, years ago in that little apartment, uh, government-assisted apartment, we gave our first $100 in the heart for the house offering. God spoke to me that day 17 years ago and said this. He said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. And we all just looked at our hand, most everyone in here had some area of our life, some area of our, uh, in our house that we're believing for. It may be an actual uh, a building, a house that you actually live in that you need God to come through. Maybe a place to live. It could be an unsaved family member. That's one of the things I need in my house. So when I sow next week into the heart for the house, I've got some family members I'm believing for, for salvation. It may be some furniture you need in your house. I don't know what it is you need. But as I made that decision 17 years ago with $100, and then it was $500, and then it was $1,000, and then it was uh, $5,000, and $10,000, $25,000, $50,000. I'll never forget, years ago I made a goal. I wanted to give $100,000. Not make 100,000, be able to give 100,000. Some of you have probably done that before. But to me, that was, a huge, that was a huge goal. But it was like working out. I started with 100. And I kept working my way up till one day I was able to give my first $100,000. Now, I, I, one of my goals in life, we do a lot of coaching and speaking in the, in the business arena. Some of you have heard uh, that, uh, some of that stuff, some of our teaching in that area before. But one of my goals is through that to raise up 1,000 people not to just make a million dollars, but 1,000 people who in their heart, they said, man, I would love to give to the kingdom of God $1 million. I'd love to make enough to be able to give $1 million to build the house of God. My goal is 1,000 people, that'd be a billion dollars to God's kingdom. How many would like to be one of those 1,000? How many would like to be one of those 1,000? Just to be able to to give that. And so, you know what? You start with where you're at. Next week, you have an opportunity to start where you're at. I started at $100, $500. Some of you have already passed those up. And you, you, next week, maybe $2,500. It may be $25,000. It, it may be, some of you may be starting on the journey like me. It may be $200. But it's not that we'll all give the same amount next week. It's that we all do our best. We just do what pastor told us to do. We pray, we hear God, and we do our best. And then we say, you know what? This year, I'm doing uh, 1,000, but next year, my faith goal is I want to bump that to 1,500. This year, I'm doing 10,000. Next year, I, I want to do 12,000. Whatever it may be, you got to hear God's voice for yourself. But you understand what I'm saying? Every one of us who have a heart for the house are going to do our best to see and, to, and basically to do what Jesus told the, the guy here, go and give. It's not about you. In the process of giving, it's amazing what God will do for you. I mean, I started in that government-assisted apartment. We moved to a regular apartment, from apartment to a townhome, from a townhome to a house, sold that house to another house to just a, uh, about a little over a year ago, we bought a house that we live in now, and I never dreamed, I never dreamed I'd pay cash for a house, but God allowed us to move in this house, and I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this to impress upon you 17 years ago when I made a decision to build God's house. God said, I'll build your house. And he's taking care of us. And we moved in our house uh, totally debt-free just a little over a year ago because we made a decision to always put God first. And it started in an apartment. So I, I just want to encourage you today as you're praying, even over the next few days, and some of you God's already spoken to, some of you, you, you go, you're like, God, that's more than I planned on. That's more than I, I, I really, I don't know, like, like me, that 10,000 that I'd planned on, I had that. 
but God's stretching me. And God's stretching some of you, and you're like, oh, God, that, that hurts a little bit. But, you know, if you work out, when you leave the gym, I mean, if you don't feel a little bit sore, you feel like you got gypped a little bit, don't you? Like, I did all that working out, I don't feel a little bit of tenderness or sore. You want to feel a little bit. When you give, when you really are giving, when you're really stretching your faith, you'll feel a little bit. And so I, I, I hope all of you are really sore next week. And like, oh, man, ah, that hurt a little bit. You know, that, that's uh, when you really stretch your faith to give generously to God. Sometimes it'll, you, ooh, you might smile, but it may hurt a little bit. And so I encourage you, do your best. Have a heart for the house because this house has a heart for you. Amen. Let me just pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for our pastors. I thank you for the incredible vision that you put in their heart for us, for this city and this state and really around the world now, we're seeing Celebration Church make an impact. We thank you for this house. Lord, I thank you for sending people. This room is full of people that have a heart for this house. And next week, we have an opportunity to show our love for this house because you give to those things which you love. Where your heart is, or your treasure will be. Next week, we have an opportunity to bring our treasure to the place our heart is the house of God, Celebration Church. And so, Lord, I thank you again, as pastors already told us, we're just hearing your voice. And I thank you for a confirmation, just a knowing. And yeah, it, it may hurt some of us. We will feel a little bit. It may be more than we were expecting or we thought was easy to do. But Lord, we thank you that you didn't do what was easy. You gave your best. We thank you that we'll each have an opportunity next week to give our best. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't want to close without giving you an opportunity more important than any of anything else we've talked about. is knowing that your heart and your life is right with God. For God loved the world so much that he gave. He gave his son. Why did he give his son? He gave his son because he wanted a family. So he gave a son, and now this room is full of sons and daughters. Orange Park, St. John's on the internet, people are watching that have said, yeah, I've become part of God's family. I've received the gift he gave Jesus. But maybe you're here in this room or one of the other campuses and you say, you know what? I've never made that decision. Today I want to make a decision to put God first place in my life. I'm going to look across the building just one time. You say, Dave, pray for me. When you prayed that prayer, I've never made a decision to put God first. I want to do that today. Or number two, you say, Dave, I'm really not at peace with God. There's some areas in my life that I've allowed other things to come between me and my relationship with God and separate that, and I want to put him back number one in my life. If you're one of those two people, either number one, you've never made a decision to receive the gift that God gave. He was an example of a giver. Or you've allowed things to come in the way of that relationship, and you say, when I leave here today, I just want to know, Dave, pray for me when you pray that prayer. When I count to three here in the arena, the other campuses online. When I count to three, just lift your hand real quick. Say, Dave, pray for me. I want to receive that today. One, two, three. Let me see your hands real quick. Let me see your hands real quick. Thank you for hands across the room here. St. John's, Orange Park, online. Father, I thank you for these hands that were lifted. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but Lord, you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. Lord, you don't condemn us, but you do convict us. You show us areas of our life, things in our heart that may not be pleasing to you, but Lord, you said it's real simple. If we give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. Today we begin a new day, a new, 
A new season would begin in our life today. Father, I thank you. You said if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is our Lord, we shall be saved. Saved means to be safe. Everyone, everyone just say that with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Greatest decision you'll ever make. You talk about a decision that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. That one right there will do it. Amen. Say it one more time. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. And when you, when you came in, just one last thing, just let me mention this real quick. I, I didn't really have time to talk about this uh, at all. Uh, maybe sometime when I come back, we'll talk about favor. Because how many like to have more of God's favor in your life? Favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive from God. We got a new, uh, a new thing that came out, just came out. Be a great Christmas gift for you, your, for yourself. You never get yourself a Christmas gift. Or, or someone else, when you came in, they should have gave you this little bookmark. Or if, they, if you didn't get it when you came in, you can get it on the way out or at our table. It gives you a little declaration of favor. One of the ways to increase your favor is to declare favor and to speak favor over your life. And so this is one of the ways you take out this bookmark. And every day, Lord, I thank you for favor today. I, I declare favor in every area of my life for my family. It's just a little declaration. Grab a couple of them and just put them different places to remind you. It's also how you can connect with us on uh, social media, that kind of stuff as well. But those of you that like to resource yourself, I wrote a book called The Force of Favor. And uh, we put it into a little package to really help people. There's always people that like to read the book. But there's, there's people that like to really get into it and get an understanding of it. And so we put the book together in this program, 40 Days of Favor. And uh, there's 40 days we'll spend together, and I'll just coach you through understanding God's favor, how to increase in your life, because Jesus increased in favor. If Jesus had to increase his favor, why would I think I don't need to increase my favor? So start looking for ways to increase favor. You get eight videos, eight coaching sessions, so you'll put those in, and we'll go through each of these ways to increase favor in your life, according to God's word, there's eight audios, there's, uh, there's a, a workbook in here, and then you'll get every morning when you wake up for the next 40 days, you'll have a video from me. I'll be there waiting for you. And your inbox when you wake up. And we'll just talk about favor a little bit that day. Anyway, this is brand new, it will sell for $200 on our website, and uh, we gave you all a little favor this weekend, only here at Celebration this weekend. You can get the entire thing for just $100. Uh, while we've got them. So I'd encourage you, make an investment in yourself. The Bible says wisdom is more valuable than silver, more profitable than gold. And if you're at one of the other campuses, we don't have the stuff there. But if you go to davemartin.org, go to the website and type in Celebration 100. Uh, they'll give, it'll give you the same deal on this, Celebration 100 for the next 24 hours. Or if you're here, you can grab them back there at the table. Just a little investment into you. How many, how many want more of God's favor? Favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive from God. And how do you increase it? It's a free gift for all of us, but there's obviously ways to increase in our life. And I want to help you learn that in the next 40 days. Amen. Thanks. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.